passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Welcome into another post-game edition of Spits and Suds, a victory edition on this Friday night. Great to be with you. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. I'll tell you what, if you go to Stars Fan, if you're a Stars fan and you go to the barn, you're seeing a show. Another overtime victory. Last year, it was like, can we win a game in three and three? Can we win a game in overtime? Now you're almost part of you like, you know what? Let's send it to overtime. I feel pretty confident. Pete DeBoer actually talked about that after the game, saying that they worked on it in the offseason, and it's certainly paying dividends. What an exciting tilt tonight, and we get to see the Blackhawks again on Sunday night for the annual New Year's Eve game. So let's go through it. Lot to talk about, and we're also going to take your Twitter questions. I asked for it tonight. As always, you, the Spits and Suds, awesome listeners, massive stick tap to you on a great year, over 100,000 downloads. That's just awesome, and we're going to grow this thing even more in 2024. So we got a lot of questions we're going to get to. So uh, first off, let's talk about Nils Lundqvist back in the lineup, first time since December 16th. To me, that's the talking point of the night. Uh, and he deserves to play on Sunday. He had one where there was an odd man rush and kind of threw it to the wrong side, which resulted in a Blackhawks breakout. But at the same time, I thought Nils Lundqvist was really good tonight. Um, I, I thought that he was good with the puck. I thought he was very aggressive in the offensive zone, which he's known for. Um, and, you know, here's the difference between Joel Hanley and Nils Lundqvist. You're seeing Joel Hanley around the nine to 10 minute mark Nils Lundqvist with a solid 1405 time on ice tonight. So if Pete DeBoer plays him, he wants him on the ice a little bit more. So I'm hoping that Nils gets another shot because I think he deserved it. 
I think he looked really good tonight, especially for a guy who hasn't played since uh, mid-December. So interesting start because on the surface, Blackhawks go up two to nothing. Peter Morazic, really good early for the Blackhawks. Thought the Stars had some good chances. Really liked the Stars' legs early. Thought they came out aggressive. Thought they were uh, forechecking well. Thought they had the Hawks on their heels. But next thing you know, we know the Hawks are up with a quick two nothing lead in the first. And you know, Tyler Johnson at twelve oh four of the first. Uh, Basically all night, you know, both teams defensively really lost their men at times. Um, you know, Tyler Johnson on that first goal, if you slow it down and you watch it, and that's what I love about this podcast is we can really give you the in-depth part of each goal is that as the Hawks are shooting, you can see Tyler Johnson moving toward the net just as the shot is coming free of the stick. Therefore, moved past the Stars defenders and had a clear look. The Stars were watching the shot a little bit. Really nice job by Tyler Johnson. He had a heck of a night uh, for the Hawks as they go up uh, one to nothing. And then Gutman beats Suter to the front of the net for the tap-in once again, two to nothing. So, two front of the net goals against Scott Wedgwood. And you're saying, all right, what's going on? But the other side of you was like, okay, this is kind of interesting because it's not like the stars are playing bad. They had a lot of opportunities. They were out shooting the Hawks, thought they were playing better than the Hawks. They had good legs on the ice, but they were down two to nothing. But the stars break an 0 for 16 drought on the power play. Ben with a really nice rush to Pavelski and the vet with a beautiful tap in pass to Rupe hints for the first goal. You know how you see like training videos on YouTube where like, I, you know, just, just sign up here and I'll make you healthy in 30 to 45 days. If Joe Pavelski put out a video of how to age perfectly, I think I'd sign up and I think I'd pay good money for that because this guy is not slowing down. He was one of the three stars tonight. And the vet just makes these plays where you're just like, okay, is he one of the top draft picks in this year's draft? Because this guy is flashing at his age. And don't forget, Joe Pavelski is playing on the first line at his age. So it's not like Pavelski is taking a step back. I think the argument can be made that he is just as good, if not better, as a Dallas star than he was with the San Jose Sharks as the captain of the Sharks, as the guy who led the team, as the guy who took that team to the Stanley Cup one year. It's just one of those things where I'm just constantly amazed at Joe Pavelski, and I'm not even taking into account his leadership in the room and how much of an impact he's had in the room with the players like Wyatt Johnston, who lives with him, like other young players, a guy who just gets it done First on the ice in practice, last off the ice in practice. So, Stars breaking 0 for 16, drought on the power play. That was really good to see. Uh, Pavelski made things easy. Uh, just basically a tap into Rupe. Hence, crowd gets into it. Stars back within one. Just over five and a half left. Uh, Miro with a nice rush, and that led to a save. The reason I point that out is because 
we see these moments where Miro Haskinen shows his speed and the ability to rush. And maybe it's because the stars lack defensively that he can't do this more. And he's worried to hold back, worried about a Connor Bedard going the other way. And we'll get to Bedard in just a few minutes. But at the same time, you know, when he shows those flashes, I say, I want that more. I want that offensive side of Miro to let loose because he creates havoc in the offensive zone. And I don't think he does it enough. I think his skill set can improve offensively, in fact. So I just wanted to point that out. A real nice rush didn't result in a goal, but you could see that it kind of got the Hawks on their heels. Uh, then Fox uh, commits a power, uh, a penalty and it was a penalty. I know that they talked about it and they didn't think it was a penalty, but clearly uh, skates caught up on skates. That's tripping in the NHL. Uh, about four minutes uh, in Hawks get behind the Stars defense. Three on one. Wedgwood with a big slide across save on Kurischev. Uh, That was in the second period. Uh, Stars, I thought, hit a lull. And I just thought kind of going through the motions, kind of like what we saw in St. Louis, where it wasn't bad, but it's just kind of like the game's just going on and you're not getting a lot of excitement. You're not getting a lot of shots on net. You're not getting a lot of checking. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like back and forth. There was a lot of open ice tonight. Um, so. Then we had the explosion similar to what we had in Nashville. Nashville obviously won the game. Two goals in 20 seconds. So, interesting thing on the first goal. Wedgwood makes a save and holds it. And I thought he held it long enough that would warrant a whistle. But there were no Blackhawks around, and the referee gave a little bit of liberty and did not blow it dead. I was a little surprised about that, and that would have changed things because it would have been a faceoff in the Stars zone. Um, but stars end up moving the puck into the Hawks end cycle. Uh, Harley does a really good job and, you know, we need to talk about Thomas Harley, the improvement that Thomas Harley has made both defensively and offensively. Uh, clearly he's the second best defenseman on this team, uh, head up making plays happen. This time he was deep in the Hawks zone moved around the net, set up uh, Nils Lundqvist for a one-timer, deflects in off Pavelski to tie the game at two. So once again, I'm mentioning the veteran experience of Joe Pavelski. He was going up in front of the net, and I know in front of the net has changed now. You can no longer two-handed slash to get the guy out of the way, and that helps smaller guys like Joe Pavelski. But Jared Tenorti, who's six foot six, 229 pounds, Pavelski only six one and under 200 pounds. So when that Nils Lundquist one timer happens, Joe Pavelski did something really unique. He actually turned his body, you know, usually you're facing the shooter. So he's behind Tenorti, and Tenorti's a big guy. So rather than standing behind Tenorti, where he really wouldn't get the best look, he actually turns and faces Morazic. 
I thought that was really interesting. So he uses his back and the backside of his body for some leverage, which creates just enough space for that shot to go off of him. And the game is tied at two. So, you know, one thing about, I did want to point out Jared Tenardi. So stars fans who have been with this team for a while might say Tenardi, that sounds familiar. Jared is actually the son of Mark Tenardi, who was a captain for the Minnesota North Stars and actually the first captain of the Dallas Stars. So Mark had, I think, about a 13-year NHL career. Um, so just thought that was kind of uh, neat. And uh, Jared had a really tough night um, because on the very next goal, the Stars take advantage of him falling down clearing the Hawks zone that leads to a three on two stars opportunity. And that first line, which was really good tonight, the first line and Pete DeBoer pointed this out after the game, the first line looked like they did last year. That was the dominant line on the ice for both teams tonight. So once again, Joe Pavelski knows where his teams is. When you look at that three on two, there are some players that will either watch the puck or just try to go to space. And then there are smart KG veterans like Joe Pavelski that know where to go to create space for the play, not necessarily space for themselves, but space. So Joe Pavelski rushes right down the middle and he essentially sets a pick because he's going down there. Defenseman has to pay attention to him, but also can't get around him in that split second, which gives space to Jason Robertson, who has the puck. Morassic and everyone thinks that Jason Robertson's going to shoot, look like he was going to shoot, but instead he finds hints on the right side, a one-timer, second goal of the night, two goals in 20 seconds. So... We're in business. Stars, three straight goals, and it continues. Stars increase their lead to four to two. Wyatt Johnston, who had one of his better games in a while. I thought the youngster was really good tonight. Thought he was excellent on the four check. Really good mid-ice as far as winning puck battles, freeing up space. So he had a nifty move around Tenorti again. Gets a shot on Morassic. Jamie Ben is left alone in front scores his first goal in the last 12 games be great to see the captain get going captain's been in a slump doing some other nice things like win face-off battles and everything but we need that other line to start clicking that's kind of been a slow line it was one of the top lines last year it would be great to see Dodonov, johnston and ben really starting to click so now all of a sudden it's four to two and you're thinking to yourself all right stars have this in control well, with that Stars defense and the open ice that the Stars like to play, and I know a couple of you have questions about this, things tend to happen. 11.02 left in the third. Hawks on the power play. Uh, just prior, they put a lot of pressure uh, on Scott Wedgwood. Scott Wedgwood made some acrobatic saves a la Tim Thomas. So just to explain, Hudobin was like this. I think the one that really comes to mind for hockey fans is Tim Thomas. There are goaltender styles. Jake Ottinger's not going to be that guy that flops around. Jake Ottinger is a stand-up goalie, a bigger goalie, six foot five, six foot six. So it's not going to look as flashy. But don't mistake 
a goaltender not being flashy for not being really good because those flashy saves and the stacking of the pads and Wedgwood sprawling on the ice, it does create a lot of excitement and it actually looks really, really cool. I mean, I don't care what style you play, just keep it out of the net. And Wedgwood did a real nice job there, killed off the power play. But 11.02 left in the third. Jason Dickinson having a great year. Former first-round pick for the Dallas Stars. Had some good years with the Stars, but just didn't pan out like I think a lot of fans wanted to see. Then uh, went into the expansion draft. Kind of bounced around a little bit, but he's having a good year with the Hawks. A one-timer pass Wedgwood. Real nice uh, pass from the left, uh, left side to him. He was streaking down his 12th goal of the year for Jason Dickinson, and that made it four to three. So stars couldn't clear the zone on that. They had opportunities, but, you know, just couldn't clear the zone. Hawks take advantage. A lot of credit to the Hawks. Um, They stuck around in this game, never gave up. So then we're down to the final minutes. Hawks continue the pressure, obviously, down one. They go on the power play. I personally, I cannot fault Evgeny Dodonov because he did a real nice job uh, blocking a shot attempt on Wedgwood, um, got up and flicked the puck. Unfortunately, it went into the stands. That's an automatic delay of game penalty. Uh, Tyler Johnston scores with 235 left, 236 left, sorry, left alone in the crease. Once again, both teams were leaving people alone in the crease all night. Not the best defensive effort uh, both ways, except that the Stars did keep Connor Bedard off the board as, as far as goals. And I think he had some really good chances. Um, I think Miro was really good against him. Um, I think on ice they were together almost eight minutes. So, you know, when, when you look at uh, Bedard as far as uh, how he did tonight, uh, as I, uh, let's see, pull it up. Yeah, he's a minus three on the ice, uh, no shots. Um, so, yeah, just a, just a real solid, uh, I'm sorry, three shots on net, no goals, no assists, and as I mentioned, a minus three on the ice. So, Miro hits a uh, pipe with minutes to go. Could have won the game for the Stars. Stars hit three pipes tonight. I think the Blackhawks hit pipe uh, a couple of times as well. So we go to overtime, a place that actually the Stars are feeling more comfortable with. Thought it might be going out to the shootout. Um, The Stars owned puck possession. I know some people don't like the overtime. Um, I certainly think it's less exciting since it's become a puck possession game. You saw Robertson take it out of the zone a couple of times, which creates line changes. Uh, They wait for their opportunity, but to me, it's part of strategy. I don't want to make overtime changes anymore because I think we've tricked up overtime enough. Um, It's a skill competition as it is. If you do anything like a shot clock or something like that, then I think you're changing the game too much. Um, And by the way, you revert back to regular in the playoffs, as we all know. So uh, three on three to me is fine, um, but teams are going to do that more and more. It's all about puck possession. Not as much. I'm going to score on you. I'm going to try to score on you when the time is right, but I'm going to prevent you from scoring. So seconds left. Um, 
stars on one final rush. I thought it was going to the shootout. Robertson to Hints with seconds left. Uh, Rope, I mean, with the hat trick, impressive. Um, he had three of the easier goals that Rupe Hints will score in his career. Kudos to Pavelski and uh, to Robertson for feeding him some nice passes uh, throughout the night. Uh, Madhouse at the AAC. Everyone goes happy. Stars pick up two points. Last seven games decided by a goal, and they're 5-1-1. One, and one. That is the difference between possibly sitting in third or a wild card or sitting in first. Those one-goal games, you have to win them, and you have to get those points in overtime when you have the opportunity. So really, really nice win uh, for uh, the Stars uh, tonight. You know, one thing I did want to point out as well, because this has to do with Connor Bedard, Stars dominant in the faceoff circle, uh, 63.6 over 36.4. So that is a massive advantage. With that comes puck possession, which the Stars had for a majority of the night. So I think it was a, a solid game. Um, I, I do want to say this. Some will say, well, it's against the Blackhawks, and I will counter with, the Blackhawks are on the come. They're going to be really good, and they're playing good hockey right now. Same Blackhawks team who took down Winnipeg the other night, who the Stars are battling with as far as on top of the Central along with Colorado. So um, this is a injured but a good Blackhawks team. And When you look at that future, and we were talking about this, Greg Finley, our great producer, and I were talking about this prior to going on with this podcast. This is a Blackhawks team that is going to be absolutely stacked for the future. Uh, if you're a Blackhawks fan, you are really happy. We saw Bedard flying around the ice. Did he score? No, but clearly we see what the player is doing and how good he is. Kevin Korchinski is only 19 years old. Bedard's 18 years old. Number 55, if you're looking on the ice, defenseman. Boy, would I love to have him on my team. He's got size. He's got stability. He's really good with the puck. Just is one of those guys, similar to Miro, that when he has the puck, things seem to slow down. And at 19 years old, that's only going to get better. And when you look at the future of these Hawks, looking ahead, Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. 
With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Two first-round draft picks coming up. Three second-round draft picks. This is all in this next year's draft. Two first-rounders, three second-rounders, two third-rounders. They can use that to get either some players that they want to get or they could turn it into uh, a lot of youth to add to Korchinski, to add to Bedard and the core they have. 2025, once again, two first-round draft picks, two second-round picks. One of those is a Stars pick in the Ty Domi. Sorry, yeah, uh, Max Domi. And one uh, third-round pick. So they are stacked as far as draft capital in the future. So, you know, between Arizona, who's also stacked, and Chicago, the Central Division is going to be a battle uh, for years to come. So I asked you guys earlier, I was like, hey, get in your Twitter questions. And you guys absolutely responded. Chris Barnard, at CBarnard82. Can we give up on the suitor experiment? And more importantly, can we stop healthy scratching Nils? He helps. So I would say this, Chris. Um, I don't think Suter was awful, and I don't think he has been awful. Um, I don't want to give up on the experiment. I just want to move him down. And I think there's a difference. I want to move him down to third-line defensive pairing minutes. And I think if you could do that next year, I'm totally fine with Suter playing out his contract. Less minutes. But right now, he's just playing too many minutes. And... You know, that's going to happen. You're talking about an aging defenseman. But the question is, who is better defensively? And right now, with a struggling defense, which we continue to see, I just don't know if there's an alternative. The one thing you can do late in the season, similar to what they did with Thomas Harley, is you can call it Liam Bixel when he comes back from Sweden. Is the big Swiss ready? It's a good question. He provides size. He provides physicality. Do you want to throw him in the mix in a playoff run? Certainly seem to work with Harley. Um, They might throw Bixel in a Texas Stars playoff run. So until he comes up, unless you're going to make a trade at the trade deadline, which I would highly recommend, um, I think Suter is one of your better alternatives. I know, Gavin, it's weird to say, <laughs> and I'm saying that to you too, Chris, but at the same time, I mean, is Suter that much worse than Essa Lindell right now? Hockenpah plays shorthanded, but I mean, how good is he five on five defensively? So when you look down, there really isn't a lot of alternatives and you want those first-line pairings to move down, that's how you have a great decor. Marsha G at M Grant 802 Gavin, we really enjoyed your podcast with Eric Nadell. We always look forward to Spits and Suds, Go Stars. A massive stick tap to you, Marsha, for listening to that, and a massive stick tap to um, each one of you that listened to that. That, to me was one of my favorite spits and suds. And uh, just because Eric's a teammate of mine, he's a friend. And I think people learn sides of Eric Nadell that they hadn't known about the Hall of Famer, that he was so invested into hockey that that was his first passion as far as play-by-play. 
And Eric is so good with stories and the stories just started to flow. And I love the fact that, you know, we found out that in the Ruggio door, Bautista, um, quote unquote, Eric Nadell, Donnybrook, as that famous call is said, that the Donnybrook was actually a hockey reference and that he brought back those hockey memories. And one of the cool things after the podcast that I haven't had a chance to talk about yet was uh, I said, hey, man, Eric, I really appreciate the time. Uh, we took an hour of his time. I said, you were great, man. Stories are great. And he said, thanks, G. I appreciate it. He goes, I kind of want to do hockey again. And that fired me up. So if you get a chance, um, I was really proud of it. Um, I know that I probably made a host mistake in that several times in the podcast. I said, wow. <laughs> and I thought to myself after, afterwards, you know, you just got to let the story flow. But he's such a good storyteller and the stories were so good. Um, another story that Greg Finley, our producer, pointed out that is so great that he won a job in hockey over the Hall of Fame announcer, Doc Emmerich, because he could drink more than Doc. Doc wasn't a big drinker. Um, the person that was the coach slash GM wanted a drinking buddy, according to Eric. And so therefore, Eric got the gig. <laughs> so he goes into detail. Um, he talks about his Ivy League days, calling hockey for Brown, um, and then his days in Michigan. Oklahoma and uh, here for the Dallas Blackhawks. He talks about the rivalry between the, the Dallas Blackhawks and the form, uh, Fort Worth Texans at uh, Will Rogers Auditorium in Fort Worth, which is still there, uh, formerly the Fort Worth Red Wings. So some great CHL old-time talk. He talks about chicken wire and, you know, prior glass and uh, just so many good stories. I, you know, I don't even want to go into them because I want you to listen. I got so excited about that. So, Marsha, you got me fired up to go listen to that podcast again. So thanks to everyone. If you haven't checked it out yet, please do. Um, all right. Rangers.stars.mavsfan at RangersBB49. Gavin, so happy to see Nils' contributions on the ice tonight. Do you think his performance tonight would immediately start the conversation for more ice time? Or would this game tell coaching management moving forward in future, if anything? I think tonight I'll use the word encouraged. And I think probably the coaches were encouraged by his performance. I didn't see anything that would deem him a healthy scratch on Sunday. Let's see how it goes. But um, I would love to see Niels Lundqvist on a more regular basis. I also think Pete DeBoer is doing it a little bit on matchups. And if that's the case, we might see Lundqvist again on Sunday. But thought he played well tonight. Thought he did. Um, and obviously that one-timer resulted in a, uh, in, in a goal. All right. Tyler Mayer at M-A-I-R. American. Very clever on the username. Thoughts on Miro double shifting on both power play units. Not sure why they just don't give Harley the keys to the second unit. Tyler, I agree with you. Harley deserves some time on the power play on that second unit. Give Miro a rest. I would like to see that as well. I think that's a really, really good point you just made. At Mark underscore 9746. The stars are so good. They give teams a two-goal lead to make it an even match. Is that the best team in the, in the history of hockey? Not only do that. <laughs> then they take a two goal lead and they let teams back in. 
I think that's what we're going to see. It's the carnival ride known as the Dallas Stars. They just don't have that shut down D mentality. Um, they're just a go-go team, and I kind of like that. But at the same time, you know, when you have a 4-2 lead, you got to keep that lead. Um, hopefully that won't come back to bite them um, in the future. Uh, and kudos to the Blackhawks. We have to stick tap the Hawks because, you know what, they never gave up in this game. It looked like after that fourth goal was scored, you know, it looked like they were pretty dejected. But, uh, you know, Morazic kept them in the game at points. Um, thought he played fairly well throughout the night, especially early. Um, and they just kept grinding. All right. At Blackout Dallas. If the salary cap in the NHL goes up in the next couple of seasons, could the Stars bring back Duchesne with a big extension if they put most of his salary at the end of the contract? My friend had that question. I don't know if it's allowed in the NHL. Yes, you can actually backload a contract if Duchesne wants to do that. Um, the contracts in the NHL are guaranteed, so just know that if Duchesne wanes in his later years, and it's not like he's Pavelski's age and he might have the longevity of Pavelski, but we have seen players that have good years and then kind of wane. Fortunately, I'm going to use the example of Alexander Radulov. Rad's the first two years was an amazing signing, but we all know those last two years took a lot of penalties, especially behind the scene, uh, behind the play when he had to play catch up. So you can do that, but if you did buy out that contract, that would be costly and that would cost you against the salary cap. So the other thing to think about with Duchesne is at what point do Bork and Stankoven take um, control? And it's not like I don't love Duchesne. He has been absolutely electric on this team. But I do think, and hopefully you would agree, that the stars need more cap flexibility to make moves like on defense, to make moves that you can do a call up rather than having an emergency goalie and possibly lose that game if you have to put that goalie in or playing with, um, you know, seven defensemen because you don't have enough forwards. Things like that, those things to me, you know, I'm not asking for a lot of space, but I do think the stars need to get out of that. We're so up against the cap that we have no movement and Stankoven and Bork allow you to do that. The other thing is, is that what they're doing in the AHL, they're tearing up the league. Pete DeBoer has already said prior to the regular season starting that these two are NHL ready, he would like to see them get better defensively on a consistent basis. So when the head coach of the stars is saying that, I think it's time that we need to see them and who goes, that's going to be the question is who leaves this team because you need some space. I would also throw this out. And many of you might say you're crazy. to get if it's via trade deadline or off season you must give to get adam larson 
like the Edmonton Oilers did, who was a stay-at-home defenseman, really good, and solidified that Edmonton defensive core because they needed it badly years ago. Who did they give? Former number one overall pick, Taylor Hall. Massive trade. And, you know, at first, everyone's like, what are you doing? But you needed that stay-at-home defenseman. So just remember that. To get, you have to give. If you want a quality right shot defenseman, do you give? Not saying you have to, but are you willing to give up Wyatt Johnston, Logan Stankoven, or a Maverick Bork? And if you are, then I think you can get that quality right shot defenseman. And that would put Suter on a deeper defensive line. But you have to give one of them up. You can't say to me, it's like, well, no, we'll give up Radic Foxa. Teams don't want Radic Foxa. <laughs> it's a bad contract. It's a modified no trade contract. It's over $3 million a year for a fourth line player. Teams don't want that. Okay, we'll give Mason Marchment. Once again, teams don't want that contract. And I'm not trying to be like negative, but those are facts. If I'm a GM, and that's what I encourage you to do. Think of yourself, for example, if you're Bill Armstrong, the GM of the Arizona Coyotes, or if you're Ottawa, or if you're Seattle, let's just decide the Kraken want to give up Adam Larson. Okay. Who would the Kraken want? So put yourself in that place, and I think you will disqualify Radic Foxer or Mason Marchman. You could trade your first-round draft pick, and that's draft capital, and teams do want picks. You gave up your first-round pick for Nils Lundqvist, so that's why I want him in the lineup because I need to see this essentially a first-round pick for your Dallas Stars pan out. And if it doesn't, then, you know, you got to move on. But you got to see. Belfour's Billions Bribe at Bad Hat Harry 55. Thoughts on Sean Walker as a trade target. He's doing great in Philly, and Breer seems smart enough to know that the Flyers' performance this season likely isn't sustainable, and the Flyers will need work. So a deal seems workable. He's a mobile righty, potential cost. Uh, boy, yeah. Uh, let me look up. Usually if I have a co-host on these, I have the opportunity. I can just, you know, um, look it up real quick. <laughs> and uh, and you guys don't have to wait around. And while like Sean or someone's talking, I can, I can just, you know, pull up Philadelphia Flyers and look at that contract. Um, let's see. So as we look, uh, da, 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 da. I will have to, I will have to pull that up and get you that answer, my friend. Oh, there it is. Uh, so, uh, Sean Walker is a unrestricted free agent after this year. So what that essentially means is, um, is that you aren't going to have to pay as much 
because there's not another year. Whereas like an Adam Larson, there's another year besides this year. So he becomes more valuable to you. 29 years old, um, 2.65 million. Um, and that could probably fit under the cap toward the trade deadline. So yeah, could certainly be a, uh, a, a possibility. Um, the one thing I'll say is that Philadelphia has absolutely been in a drought. And when you're looking at the wild card race right now, um, Philadelphia sits in third in the Metro division with 42 points. Carolina's the first wild card at 42 points. So they're fighting to get in along with the Devils at 40 points. If Philadelphia is close, I don't think Briere sells assets. They haven't been in the playoffs in a number of years. That's a city that desires a winner. And in Philadelphia, you have to get on the map. They have not been on the Philadelphia landscape as far as sports in numerous years. So I think that if they're close, don't be surprised if the Flyers could end up being uh, buyers. So um, they don't have a ton of cap space. Um so if they are buyers, they have about 1.5 billion right now. So um, that's, you know, decent. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's one of those things that I could see Philadelphia maybe picking up some vets and making a run to get in the playoffs. You know, the other thing to think of with the NHL is that as far as ownership, it's not the largest TV contract compared to, you know, baseball is a bad example with what's going on in valleys right now. But let's say the NFL or the NBA, those are really nice TV contracts that go into the owner's pockets. Okay. The NHL doesn't have that. They have ESPN and TNT, which is a better deal. However, that playoff box office helps ownership. So when the Philadelphia Flyers can get in and fill the house, that really helps ownership as, um, you know, as far as making money. So uh, if I'm the Flyers personally, um, I think I'm buyers. You have a new GM. You have a new coach. I think you want to get some of those youngsters into the playoffs. So hopefully uh, answered that uh, question for you, uh, my friends. All right. Fat Jimmy at Fat Jimmy underscore 43. Feels like Wyatt Johnston is a little snake bit in the last month. Assist aside tonight. Any thoughts about how to get him going more in the new year? Uh, yeah, play like he did tonight. I mean, I think we saw a really aggressive Wyatt Johnston. I really was excited to see it. So, um, you know, kudos to Johnston tonight. If he plays like that again, I think the points will start coming. You know, he, he kind of got in the dirty areas and made some things happen, and it wasn't necessarily just sticking to the outside. So, you know, I think if he plays like that, you're going to see some points get on the board. I actually thought he was one of the better stars on the ice tonight. Pete DeBoer also pointed that out after the game. Uh, Fuzzy Wuzzy Boom Boom, Scott Wedgwood, and giving up rebound. Name a more iconic duo. Whew. As far as goaltending, uh, I think you have to go to Boston. Um, that would be uh, number one, probably followed by Vegas as far as number two. There is really good um, goaltending in, in both, but, I mean, Boston's dominant. I mean, the, the fact that they're able to rotate their goaltenders on a regular basis is just unreal. 
uh, did want to point out that um, Wedgwood, while five one and one, kudos to Wedgie. When you look at the advanced analytics as far as goals against, two point eight six goals against, eight ninety nine save percentage. So the stars are winning, but it's not like the stats are off the charts good. They're decent. But, you know, you want to see your goaltender in the nines as far as save percentage. And, you know, I mean, I know it's the modern day NHL where scoring's premium, but you'd like to see that goals against come down to about 2.4, 2.3 for him to be put in that premium category as far as a one-two punch. But clearly Scott Wedgwood has proven that he's a wily veteran when healthy, and it is a good one-two punch. And you can rely on Wedgwood. um, and. Jim Nill pointed that out the other day. He said, we can take our time on uh, Scott Wedgwood. i uh, sorry, on Jake Ottinger because of the play of Scott Wedgwood. So kudos to Wedgie. I thought he made some really good saves tonight. Um, overall, I think he's been really, really good. I mean, 5-1-1 one, and one, replacing, you know, one of the top 10 goaltenders in the NHL. Absolutely. You'll take that every single day. Eden Shallow. How are you doing, Eden, at? E. Shadlow, what do you see as the reason for all the blown leads and tight games recently? I know that the Stars' defense isn't ideal and has flaws. I think that's the answer. But I feel like that isn't the entire reason. Is it coaching decisions? I don't know if it's necessarily coaching. Um, I just think you have a style of play, and they play a lot of open ice. And with that, sometimes you can let teams back in. Um, But I would say you were right that the Stars' defense isn't ideal. I think if you pick up one or two bigger defensemen, um, I think that's your ideal situation. I keep going back to it, and a lot of people don't feel as though it's as necessary. But if you look at the Chicago defensemen on the ice tonight, and you know, uh, I know they were beat at times, but they're larger individuals. And you look at Vegas, and they have a nice-sized decor. Um, you know, you need those bigger guys. They a take up space. They protect the ice for your smaller defensemen and forwards, but they also are able to win pucks with that long st- uh, stick reach, especially in the corner. So they do a good job, uh, you know, but they're premium. I mean, that's, the, that's the reality. I think if you were to dangle a Liam Bixel, you know, to teams, they would say, uh, heck yeah, we'll take that guy with how he's performing. Um, you know, that's a premium prospect for the Dallas stars teams want that because of his size, because of his physicality and because of his skating ability. A lot of times all three don't match up. Uh, my man, Rudy at cuz Rudy, great game tonight from the guys hate to allow the Blackhawks to get a point. Happy to take two ourselves. Do you feel we played down to our competition tonight? Or is it being a division rival makes the game a bit harder to win? I'll say this, Rudy. I don't know if there's a down team in this division. This division is uh, shrinking. This division is getting tighter. But I don't think like losing to a Coyotes or a Blackhawks are embarrassing. Um, And yeah, division rivals are going to be a little bit tougher. You saw the amount of red shirts in the building. Sorry, red sweaters in the building tonight. Um, you know, it's an original six team and they're going to get better as the year moves along. I think they need some better goaltending, you know, sure up the defense. Uh, the loss of Taylor Hall was big, but at the same time, I think 
you know, they're going to be good in the future. So I don't think the stars necessarily played down. Um, I actually think the Blackhawks played up. So, and they've been playing up lately uh, with competing against the Colorados, beating the Winnipegs and playing, you know, really tough hockey against the stars tonight. But really, really good question. Hey, everyone, your questions tonight were really good. Truly uh, appreciate it. And as I mentioned, I can't say it enough. Thank you so much for your support in 2023. Um, to see the number that Greg, our producer, pointed out to go over 100,000 downloads, we'll probably reach 110 um, by the end of 2023. We started this podcast because you, the Stars fans, um, took the opportunity to let me know as the brand manager of 105.3, the fan that you wanted more stars talk. So we did it on air, but you guys wanted more. So we started this podcast and it was actually, I'm candidly telling you this to call the bluff of stars fans to say, here you go. Here's stars talk and bluff absolutely called on me. And I can't thank you enough. It is awesome what you are doing. Now the thing is, we got to keep growing this because I'm motivated. You know, I want 200,000 downloads. And the cool thing is, is this podcast is being noticed by people around town. And that's what I absolutely love, that there's a form. And what that is going to do is, is that people are going to gravitate toward here, but more importantly, guests are going to gravitate as we continue to grow. And it was so cool the other day to hear a few people say that they're going to check out the Allen Americans um, because of the Allen American guests we've had on. And Eric Nadell at the end of the podcast talking about how he went to the Americans game and how so how he embraced it and wants to go to more American games and and, and told you guys like, hey, go check out the Allen Americans. So there's several areas of growth that I'm excited about. So I didn't want to take too much of your time, but I did want to say thank you. I never take it for granted. I appreciate it. And I also want to thank as this year closes Craig Ludwig. Um, he doesn't want to be my best friend, but I want to be his. I'm so appreciative of him coming on and explaining things that happen on the ice. I think he does an amazing job breaking things down. Sean Shapiro is an analytic wizard. Um, I think he does a great job and I absolutely love uh, spending weekly time. And, and then you, you look at Robert Tiffin and David Castillo, two up and coming writers for D magazine. Um, kudos to them. They bring it when they join us on post shows. So, and to all the guests in 2023, a massive stick tap to all of you. And you guys deserve the biggest stick tap at, of all. Am I getting sentimental? Yes, I am. So uh, we'll be back soon with another edition of Spits and Suds. Once again, go back and listen to that Eric Nadell interview. I think you're going to chuckle a lot. And I think you're going to be amazed at some of the stories that you didn't know about Eric Nadell. But stars win in overtime. It's an exciting Friday night right here on Spits and Suds. Have a great weekend, everybody.